Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. There are various medical reports that try to answer the question how long the human body can go without food. It's pretty well documented that the body can only survive a couple of days without water. But in theory, you could last much longer without food. And while there have been some who have gone uh, for a bit longer, 40 days, they find, is about the upper limit that the human body can survive without food. In our lesson, immediately after his baptism, Jesus uh, is led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. And he fasts. That is, he refrains from eating anything for 40 days. And afterwards, Matthew says, he was hungry. Kind of an, an understatement, I think. But they say that, that withholding food from the body for that long can, can have some serious uh, side effects. Uh, bone loss. Uh, your muscles actually start to, to waste away. Uh, you, you feel cold all the time. You suffer from fatigue, and it becomes hard to concentrate or think. Jesus suffered these things. He was a true man, after all. He's not relying on any power he has as God here to escape the effects of fasting. He is at his weakest point, humanly speaking. And it's at this point that the devil prays on Jesus' weakness and hunger and tries to get him to doubt and misbelieve and, and eat. He says, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now, there's a fine detail that we have here in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew says Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. In other words, this isn't something Jesus himself chose, but he willingly submits to. He submits to the will of God. And he isn't just tempted just three times, but throughout these 40 days, the three that we have recorded here are just those three that come at the end of the 40 days. And not once did Jesus rely on his divine powers. What Jesus is doing here is literally joining us. He's becoming like us in every way, suffering and being tempted just as we are, yet he is without sin. And through this, Jesus teaches us something unexpected. He teaches us how to suffer, how to be content when we are without, how to be hungry. That Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit shows us that, that all suffering, all tribulation, all persecution, trial, uh, affliction, burden, sickness, it all comes from God and is laid on us, not for our ruin, but to bring us to call upon Him in the day of trouble. As Psalm 50 says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you, and so shall you glorify me. As we hear in 1 Corinthians 10.13, God is faithful, who does not allow us to be tempted above our capacity, but causes the temptation to have an end that we may be able to to bear it. Now, profoundly and counterintuitively, 
This means that discomfort and suffering may be good. That really is what true Christian fasting is. It's not necessarily to abstain from food, but rather to not give in to everything that, that gives immediate pleasure. It's to abstain from all wicked thoughts and all wicked passions. In fact, Jesus uses food as an illustration. He says, beware that your hearts be not burdened with feasting and drunkenness. Sometimes we can have too much. We can feast too heavily on earthly things and and end up fasting from heavenly things, spiritually starving ourselves. Normally we think of not having enough as, as being a burden, but here Jesus says the exact opposite. The burden is to to feast too much. It's estimated that about 28 million Americans uh, will suffer from an eating disorder at some point in their life. And to put put that into perspective uh, for today, 28 million is is so far how many Americans have had COVID. Uh, But some of these eating disorders are where people end up starving themselves, uh, pushing food away, uh, usually due to how they perceive themselves physically. Uh, anorexia is one. And this is, of course, very dangerous. There can be a similar disease of pushing ourselves away as Christians from the very thing that gives us life as Christians, the Word of God and the body and blood of Jesus in the Lord's Supper. When we keep ourselves away from the bread of life, it weakens our souls just as a lack of food would weaken the body. But after a while, something uh, that happens with anorexia is that you actually start to lose your appetite. And then it gets really dangerous because now you don't even want food anymore. Uh, Before you, uh, you still wanted food. The first stage is still wanting food, but maybe pushing it away. Uh, But then eventually you don't even want it anymore. And this can happen spiritually as well. The longer we stay away from the Word of God, the more we lose our appetite for it. The longer we stay away from the Lord's Supper, the the more we lose our appetite for the Lord's body and blood. And this is a dangerous place to be. It's why we offer it at least uh, twice a week on Sundays and on Thursdays. I've seen it and heard it happen to otherwise faithful Christians who used to be very regular about feasting on the Word of God, but then all of a sudden they stopped. And it, it often is the case that these people fell, into, it fell in love with something that God says is, is wrong or a sin, something that God says is not good. As Paul would say to the Philippians, their God is their appetite. They're thinking only about earthly things. They begin feasting on earthly desires. They've reprogrammed their appetite to lose taste for the Word of God and instead fill themselves up on junk, on things that can't save. And as St. Paul also says, their end is destruction. Realize that this is the devil's goal for you and I. We always need to be on guard against this. The devil knows what sinful appetites each one of us has. St. Peter says he stalks us like a lion uh, that seeks out its prey and and finds out what its weaknesses are so that he can devour it. That's what the devil wants for us. 
He doesn't care about your happiness. He doesn't care whether or not you're satisfied or full. All he cares is that he gets to prey on you and devour you, feast on you. And he'll do it by, first of all, tempting you to feast on anything else, even good things, so that you fast from the Word of God. It's exactly the reason why he told Adam and Eve to eat the fruit God commanded them not to eat from. The, the devil preyed on their weakness and told them, you won't die, you're, you're going to know more, you're going to be like God and you'll know good and evil. There was a little bit of truth there because there was one thing that Adam and Eve didn't know. They hadn't known evil. Up to that point, they hadn't known death. They only knew good and life. And how they were sustained, body and soul, soul and body, by the Word of God, and by the tree of life. The Word of God that had given Adam life and health and all the things necessary to sustain him and support him. Uh, he was given every tree and herb in the garden for food except one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree carried the promise of death. But the tree of life carried God's promise of eternal life. All, all they had to do was believe and eat, and they would live forever, forever feasting with God. The Lord had withheld nothing from Adam except that which was not good for him. Adam lived purely from the Word of God. And so too for us. God withholds nothing from us except that which is not good for us. Our suffering and our labor is good because it too carries God's promise that he will sustain us through it and he will bring it to an end. But Satan had got him, gotten Adam to feast on something else, a lie. Adam's sin was not just that he ate the wrong tree, but that he turned away from God's word and promise that brought him life. He turned towards death. And so Adam is sent into the wilderness unwillingly. God places angels at the entrance to the garden so, so Adam would not eat from the tree of life again because eating from this tree now would mean eternal life, but uh, eternal life in evil and eternal life separated from God. Unworthily eating from this tree of life would mean judgment and death. Daily bread for Adam would now come through toil and labor, care and anxiety. Adam has to suffer and bear his cross that results finally in earthly death. But this too, like every other cross, God would bring to an end. And for us too, when death happens, God too brings it to an end for us. God would send another man who would turn away from temptation and turn towards the promises of God. A man who would be led to suffer and be tempted in the wilderness, but go willingly. A man who would fast so that Adam and all of us could feast. A man who on the tree of the cross would give life to all men and crush Satan, who, who once overcame by a tree 
would in turn by a tree be overcome. When the devil tempts Jesus with food, Jesus responds with the very word of God that has sustained him throughout those 40 days. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In other words, God not only provides nourishment through earthly bread, but also through his word. And realize that your bread, your earthly bread, only has the power to feed and nourish you because God's word first made it that way. Bread and anything else in this world would not nourish or sustain if it were not for the word of God. But with God's word, we shall not be in want. That's why St. Paul can say in times of hunger, in the word of truth and the power of God, as dying and yet, look, we live, as having nothing yet possessing everything. And here's one more word and promise that God gives. He says, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. This do often. The bread and wine God connects with his very special word, the promise of forgiveness, of strength in the face of temptation, and of new life, eternal life. So fast from, from sin and indulging in worldly appetites and feast most of all on the only thing that can give true everlasting life. Feast on the tree of life. From Jesus' cross comes the bread and fruit of forgiveness, life and immortality. Believe and eat. Feast on Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen.